0: Today's episode is brought to you by Taft Law and its Franchise Advance Program. A -a one-of-a-kind program developed by your host, Josh Brown, to help entrepreneurs assess, convert, and grow your business the right way through sound franchise structures. To learn more, go to taftlaw.com and type Franchise Advance Program in the search bar. If you think like act like or are trying to grow like a franchise, then the Franchise Euphoria podcast is for you. Hello and welcome, everybody. Josh Brown here. And I created this podcast for one main goal, to help people who are trying to grow their business through franchising or franchise-like structures to do it the right way. I've been practicing law now as a franchise lawyer for many, many years, and I've seen it done the right way and the wrong way. And this podcast is not filled with a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Rather, I talk with real people, people who have been there, have done it, are doing it right now. And I also dive deep into specific topics related to franchising. So if this is of interest to you, you are at the right place. Enjoy. Thrilled to have on Brian Kelly, who is the CEO of Phoenix Salon Suites. Phoenix Salon ranked as the number one salon suites brand on Entrepreneur's Franchise 500 list, which came following a record year of development with more than 70 agreements signed. This laid the foundation for the brand heading into 2023 with 60 locations already in development. Hey, Brian, you're not busy at all. (laughs) <laughs> thanks josh appreciate the time yeah no it's
1: been an exciting um you know first we had covid and then you have post covid and now it's post post covid and uh you know fortunately I, I, we know other brands and other um uh, other businesses struggled during covid and and our hearts are out there for them uh we're you know in, in one way or another we're a beneficiary of it uh you know during during the 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 covid uh issue we we saw over 600 percent increase in salon professionals coming to our website looking for a suite to rent. So it's just a, we're, we're set up for success in that scenario because people are really looking for the safety and security of individualized suites. So it's been a, it's been a fun run and it's getting more interesting. We uh, we're now uh, going international. We opened our very first international location uh, October of 21. Uh, and it's full with a wait list. And now they that group just signed their second uh, lease location, and they got number three, four, and five right behind it.
0: Well, it's kind of a cool story. The Phoenix Lawn Suites is a cool story, so we'll get to that in a second. But t- talk to us about you. How did you get in uh, you're you're not the. F- I don't believe you're the founder, right? I am not the founder. No,
1: and in fact, ironically enough, you know, five years ago, I was attending. I'm, my background's restaurants, so over the course of twenty plus years, I've been in multiple franchise systems as an owner operator. Uh, I ran. I think at our peak, we had about 130 locations, ranging from uh, white tablecloth all the way to fast food. Um and and all, and all over the country uh, but I, I I started seeing going to these finance conferences, seeing private equity groups coming in looking to take hundred unit operators to two hundred units. And uh, and really got fatigued with the um, with the challenges on the labor front, uh, even pre-COVID, uh, where you just I found myself constantly recruiting, hiring, training, and then getting into you know disputes or whatever, and and it was just a constant revolving door. As you know, it's no secret in the restaurant space that uh, turnover is pretty pretty uh, pretty high. Uh, and so that got me thinking about uh, where, you know, wh- what else is out there. And so I had two goals. I wanted a I wanted a business that wasn't, you know, overly dependent on employees. Uh, and then I also wanted something that had scale that had that was fragmented, you know, didn't have it uh, wasn't dominated by, you know, three or four. For example, burr chains that might be out there, uh, and I got introduced to, to Phoenix, um, and it was a very exciting uh, opportunity, really, to, to look at an industry where, you know, when you think about it, uh, there are uh, there's I don't know three hundred thousand plus. Uh, You know, hair, nail, esthetician, uh, uh, you know, acupuncture, chiropractor, you know, tattoo, tattoo removal, you know, uh, med spa, uh, the list goes on. Anything in health, wellness and beauty, there's that, you know, there's there's so many different businesses that are out there and there's not that many salon suites. And uh, when I got started, I think there were twelve hundred, I'll call them branded salon suites uh, with us and, and the few others that have like a franchise model uh, built around this. And then maybe, you know, that same number that are independents. Well, those numbers start to add up and you, you look at that the, the, the sky's the limit. So, and then when you take the step back and realize that uh, outside of Canada, Uh, there's just the, the, the idea of a salon suite model doesn't really exist. Uh, and so the world is your oyster and where I just got very excited about the potential upside for the industry and for the Phoenix brand. Well,
0: that's a great segue into, you know, for those who don't know, explain the model here. I mean, you know, a little bit, it is essentially, and and I'll do my summary and then you, you, you add to it. Essentially you come in as a franchisee and then you enter into uh, a lease of, of space that you have configured as individual salons that are then rented out um, to effectively hairstylists who come in and either I think pay weekly or monthly, um, and the whole entire model is built upon filling that space um, and making sure that you manage it and run it uh, under the Phoenix brand.
1: Yeah, essentially that that's the case. I'll, I'll I'll frame it a slightly different way. We you know basically we. We take five to, I mean, it could be up to 10,000 plus square feet, but typically five to 7,000 square feet uh, of, of space in a shopping center. Although the beauty is the model can go almost anywhere in malls and strip centers and, you know, uh, we call them lifestyle centers, uh, maybe anchored by a grocer or by a, uh, a target or something like that. But it also can be freestanding. Um, it can go first floor, second floor. It can go, we call inside the elbow, which is a less... It's an inferior space inside uh, conventional shopping centers. Um, uh, we have that flexibility because we are a destination. So we take this five to seven thousand square feet, and we basically through our through our um, uh, well, now we have we're, close, we're pushing three hundred fifty locations through our design and our model. We uh, we cut that space up to you know anywhere from thirty to thirty five individuals individual suites. Uh, that are basically the size of a bedroom. There's different sizes within. There's a kind of a, a standard size, a premium, and then there's double size uh, suites because you just have different people that have different interests from uh, the industry. And, and we, what we're doing then is we're bringing people that are in the health, wellness, and beauty industry that are, again, fragmented. They're all over the place. You know, Some work in hair salons, some work in med spas, some work on their own. They have their own location. Some might work in a gym. Um, And we bring them all under one one roof. And and what they do is essentially pay us. uh, They sign a month-to-month lease or license agreement, I should say, and they pay us weekly. Uh, And so it's um, for a very, very low dollar down, the salon professional, we call them lifestyle professionals, uh, they can start their business tomorrow. Uh, It's very exciting because, you know, I think conventionally, Um, you would have, you, you'd be required to open a 1500, 1200 square foot facility. It might cost you $50,000 as a salon professional. And it was just a huge barrier to entry. Well, now we can, we can set it up so that you can rent, uh, one of our suites. You get control of the four walls. You can decorate it as you see fit. Uh, you, you pay a non-refundable deposit, of like 250 to $300 a, a down payment. Um, and then literally you come in and you decorate it as you see fit. We provide you, the salon professional, with essentially you know, some bare essentials on, on furniture, like a washbowl, a cabinet, a styling chair. And then we get out of the way. Uh, and they run their business day to day. So they transact directly with their clients. Uh, we're not in the middle of that. They market their own business. They set their own hours. Uh, we just essentially make the space available, typically 24 hours, uh, 24-7. Um, and we're and sort of like a sub-landlord. Um, and uh, the interesting uh, thing to note is that 98% of our franchisees have no salon experience. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's a very, it's a, we call it a semi-absentee model uh, because you're spending more than 30 minutes inside your salon a week. That's probably too much time. Uh, from an employment standpoint, you have one part-time employee that serves as a site coordinator or a site manager, um, and they are the ones that interact directly with the salon professionals or the lifestyle professionals uh,
0: inside your location. Yeah, let's pa- pause there for one second. Let's talk about that, okay? So, Because I think that's a good point. I mean, it, it's super important. I mean, when, when you… You guys set this up in a branded way for 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 Phoenix. I think you have some sort of a is there a front desk kind of component to it when you walk well,
1: in yeah the interesting thing is is we, we, we used to have a uh, I, I, we had it, we had a desk up front and we've actually moved away from that because we really didn't need it. Again, these people are, they're running their own business. We have a directory where a client could come in and uh, they get buzzed in. Sometimes the doors locked. Sometimes it's open. Uh, they come into the lobby, which is a very small uh, lobby space. Doesn't need to be big. Um, they look at the directory. They find the, the location of their salon professional or lifestyle professional. Um, and then they, 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 you know, they navigate themselves to that location. We, they're, there's no real hand holding needed. Um, all of the scheduling, the billing, and all that stuff is handled individually by the salon professional. So you, as the as the franchisee, you know, you're what you're really responsible for is you want to, you, you have to find a location. We, we help you with that. We have a sophisticated software program that helps identify, you know, the best locations. Uh, then, um, you know, you're in that process. You're involved with the construction process, which we actually have bi-weekly conference calls with the franchisee to walk them through each element of the phase. We have a fairly robust uh uh, project management tool that we take them from step A to step B all the way to step Z uh, You know, from signing your lease all the way to, to opening your salon and beyond. Uh, but, but ultimately the salon professional or lifestyle professional, they are um, uh, they're in charge of their own business. So you as the franchisee are not engaged in that element. So it really, it, and that's why it sort of caters to people that are looking to invest in a, in a system or a, a concept uh, or business where they they don't have to be involved day to day, where where they do spend their time is making sure the the location is you know uh, supported from uh, maintenance standpoint. Uh, you know you want to make sure you know the air conditioning's working, the plumbing's working, and that the the facility is clean. You hire a staff or you hire a cleaning aid company to come out and actually clean. For you, I don't want to. When I say clean, it's the common areas, so the hallways, the lobby, the bathrooms. Because uh, yeah, the, the stylists, stylists are, the stylists clean their room. own.
0: Do the stylists clean their own areas? Yeah.
1: They take okay. care of their own suites. We might help them with equipment, like if the chair needs adjustments, and maybe there's a lighting issue in the in the inside their suite. We we would provide some support in that capacity. But generally, the day to day cleaning is really the responsibility of the salon professional. It's no different than you know if you're r- renting an office, right? You ultimately you're responsible for keeping that your your space under your lease or your license uh, clean and maintained.
0: And so it's interesting because you know from a from a franchisee perspective, when somebody comes in, and, and as you said, you know many of them don't have any kind of experience in with salons, which they really don't need to, because their the, the, their their real job is to go get people. To fill the spaces, right? I mean, you know, they don't need to know how to cut hair. (laughs) They don't need to know how to do anything. Yeah, that's
1: exactly. I mean, the the reality is once, and so even before you're opening, you're starting your marketing process to license your locations to professionals. And we have a forty-eight point marketing plan that. You know, maps out everything that we've tried and and or, or want to try uh, from a marketing standpoint. And a lot of it's driven by social media. Um, so, you know, I would say the majority of the the, the time and energy is spent around Facebook, Instagram, Google. Um, we have marketing companies that we've vetted <clears throat> that we introduced to the franchisees and then they can pick. Uh, whoever they want to use, they don't even have to use the people on the list or they if they want to do it internally, it's it's their call. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that um, that resources were available for the franchisees to help them sort of get from point A to point B. Uh, but yeah, they, they, that's, once you get open, uh, then it's about maintaining the facility and making sure the, the facility is leased. That's, that's the primary do, objective. Do you, don't guys help with a, a, any- you don't have
0: to have salon experience to, to do those things. Yeah. So question for you. I mean, oftentimes in franchising, you've been in franchising a long time. And so, you know, I, m- my feeling I've been in it for 17 years. And so I, my feeling is that there, there's two significant there's a lot of important parts uh, regarding the franchisor or and franchisee relationship, but there's two really important components the first being at the outset of the relationship right when you get going uh making sure that you've you know you've got that clear value proposition and, and it and it seems like a, you do right you provide the forty eight points of marketing you help them find the right spaces uh to to right locations to lease out you help get everything set up. One of the second key points is after they're going right. Let's say they get going; they they filled the space or are largely filled the space. What's sort of the ongoing value that that a Phoenix provides to the franchisees? Um, because that, that, that will come up, right? I mean, you know, the franchisees are funny, like they, it's, 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 what have you done for me lately? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but, but, you know, you get somebody going and then, and then you always as a franchise or have to worry about, okay, what are we doing to continue to add value to this relationship as they continue to grow? So is there some component of technology? Is there any kind of component that relates to, um, maybe a scheduling software or any, anything like that in terms of once they're already going with the business?
1: Yes. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, let me first say that this is not a complicated business. So there's, there's not a ton of opportunity to create value add, uh, because it is a semi-absentee model. It is a real estate sort of, uh, real estate play. Um, but you know, like anything, there are moving parts and you, you know, you want to, you want to keep your finger on the pulse. And where you can contribute and make the life of the franchisee smoother, easier, because ultimately I want them to, you know, feel good about their investment, but also continue to invest in new locations, right? Uh, So we do have a, we have a mobile app called Genus Platform. It is, uh, it's actually an agnostic app. You can use it. You don't have to actually be in a Phoenix to, to use it. And we do that intentionally because we're trying to draw others into the Phoenix family. Uh, And, you know, if you had it uh, unique to just Phoenix, then, you know, people may not, um, they they may not want to move their stuff over, move their information over, because for fear if they ever left, then they got to move it out. We want to make it very easy, easy, user-friendly for the salon pro. And through that mobile app, it's free to the salon professionals. Uh, They can do their scheduling. They can do their bill pay processing with their clients. They have marketing programs available to them. We actually use it as a conduit to where they can buy disability insurance. They could buy, believe it or not, pet insurance, and a lot of them do. Uh, we're have it. we also um, offering a, a loan program through that. Uh, during COVID, we offered the access to PPP loans, and that was extremely well received because uh, it was essentially point and click um, uh, for them. I mean, they had to go through the application process, but we, we opened up that door for them so they didn't have to go figure it out on their own. Uh, and then on the other side of it is – so that's the f- – Piece of the software that faces the salon professional, who is the client of our franchisees. We also have a franchisee-facing uh, back office solution uh, that is—it's—it's uh, it's a CRM tool, so it helps them manage their lead flow. Uh, it, it lead flow meaning you know salon professionals looking to rent suites or light or you know, license suites at their locations. Um, it is a cash management tool allows them to collect rents uh, either through ACH or credit card processing, um, and it tracks all the historical data. Uh, it has a digital uh, component where you can sign your license agreement using a, an embedded digital uh, document, so it just makes it easier to execute and easier to find if you're ever looking to revisit um it uh it has a maintenance ticketing tool where the salon professionals, if they have a leaky faucet or an air conditioning issue, they can immediately communicate to their uh to the franchise franchisee and or their site manager so that they know that the issue's been communicated right uh and then and then lastly it's a, a way to communicate to the salon professionals um you know I think conventionally or historically people would text and send emails and you know it it just gets burdensome in terms of tracking. Uh, but now through this, you can actually, um, you can track it all through the, through the, uh, the back office solution. So those are a couple of the key components. Um, the other part I would add is we put, we spent a lot of time. So, you know, the, the, important thing at the end of the day is Gina Rivera. I mean, she's the face of the brand. She spent forty. She's the founder, 000. right? She's the founder. She's the, she's the founder. She's still very actively involved in the business. <clears throat> she spends quite a bit of her time focused on the salon professional. Who's ultimately the customer of the uh, of of the franchisees, right? So we stay connected. She helps us with the glue, the stickiness that uh, not just attracts salon professionals to us, but also helps us with retainage. Um, we through her uh, programs, she we have a uh, international training team. She offers uh, free training online. We we used to do it in person, and I think we're. We're kicking that back off again. Uh, COVID sidelined a lot of people, but ultimately we make training available because when you're a salon professional and you might come from a conventional salon into a salon suite, you might be a little worried about being alone. And uh, we we, we, we put a particular amount of emphasis on making sure they feel like they're part of the family and we make sure they understand that they have access to training and tools that they, they may or may not already have through their conventional salons where they're at, uh, but it, but that is a critical ingredient that differentiates Phoenix from a lot of its competitors. They competitor the competitors have training programs, I'm sure. They don't have a Gina. And that's the beauty because Gina's sits in the well, board. Tell her gym. story. Tell her story because her, her yeah. story is really interesting. Her story is a very exciting story. I mean, so when she was giving birth to her son, Phoenix, uh, she w- literally I think she went to labor early and she was in the hospital and she gets a phone call. And it's it's from the, the salon owner where she was renting a chair. And he asked her, "How you know, where you been? I haven't heard from you. I haven't seen you. Um, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I You know, just had my baby boy and I'm um, very excited about it. And, he, you know, after about, I don't know, 30 seconds, the, the salon owner says, oh, that's all. That's great. That's wonderful. Can you do me a favor? Can you have your dad or your husband run down your rent check? Because if I don't get your money by Friday, I'm going to have to rent your suite out. Well, she hung up the phone, took out a piece of paper, and started drawing uh, the the beginning of Phoenix Salons, and 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 she her her vision was, um, you know, look, I want to, I don't want that this to happen to my fellow professionals i want to create an environment where they can control their own destiny but we have to make it in such a way where they can afford it um, and where they they are artists so they want to be able to decorate they want to be able to design their suite the way they envision it Um, so what can we do to put minimum furniture in there and then get out of the way and really you know Respect the salon professional for who they are. That they're all, I mean, for the most part in the US, most of them are independent business people, but they're renting a chair or renting a booth in somebody else's business. And so what happens is when you're in that environment, you don't have control over the music that's played, the temperature of the room, sometimes the product that's sold, um, the hours of operation, who gets walk-ins. All these things come into the mindset of a salon pro, and that's where Gina thrives, right? She, and that's that was the birth of this. And then you may or may not know she was on Undercover Boss uh, back. I, I saw that was,
0: episode way back yeah, when. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and that was a big you know, that drove the brand because people could really then understand what we were trying to accomplish. And, and I, I don't think, you know, Gina invented the salon suite model. It's been around for a while. And, um, but all, you know, for her, it was about giving back to the, to the industry that really helped her. And, her, and she comes from a family that goes back to 1929 in the salon uh, business. I think they have 29, they have 29 professionals in the, uh, in the industry. Uh, so it's, it's exciting to be part of that, that, um, you know, that heritage and really that that's at the heart and soul of our brand. I mean, and the name Phoenix is, is, you know, her, he's now 20 years old, uh, her son who, um, who, who does, who is involved in the business, uh, uh, you know, on the marketing side. So it's really exciting to see it kind of come to come full circle. And, and really, you know, if you look at our competition, they just don't have that, that, you know, that element that really helps create the stickiness and the
0: glue that that attracts and retains the stylus do you guys do you guys look to multi-unit operators uh and then and then second to that question uh as we kind of finish up here do you you know it's different than this is different than you know your typical kind of retail you know or restaurant type location how far do you guys try to space people out because as you alluded to earlier i mean with this kind of business is sort of interesting i know um, I'm bald myself, so I don't really go to a salon specialist. But um, I know, you know, my wife or my mom, you know, hell, they would drive 45 minutes to go to their <laughs> to, yeah. to go to their person. So no, how do you look, guys I mean, space that's these out? Cool thing,
1: yeah, that's what's really interesting about this. So you know, salon professionals can have 100, 150, 200 clients, and they're servicing them every four to six weeks. Uh, they make very good money, uh, for the most part. And then, you know, the younger ones with social media can can build a customer base for fairly quickly today. Um uh in terms of who we target, I mean we, we sure we target multi-unit operators because we, you know, people that are know franchising are, you know, they're already sort of on second base, right? They kind of get the model they made and if they're in the restaurant business, they know real estate, they know construction, they know marketing. And you know, those are three key pillars to the, to the business. And what they're looking for is a playbook. And that's what we bring to the table, right? We give them the, we have the, we have the design elements already figured out. So you don't have to invent the, the wheel. We, we've made our mistakes in our first hundred locations. So, you know, the, the, what, That's why I tell people I'm not really intimidated by uh, independence or even the competition because, you know, we've all learned along the way and we're not making that same mistake we made, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, That's the beauty of buying into a system with 300, 350 locations. Um, So do we we go do we look at multi-unit franchisees? Yes, we do have quite a few, but we're not, you know, independence, one-offs, we, we tend to do a lot of business with um, the C-suite, you know, the CFO, CEO, CMO, CIO, CTO, people that are, uh, you know, made, they, they, they've experienced some success outside of the industry, and they're looking for a retirement investment or something on the side, uh, given the fact that it's a semi-absentee model, it appeals to that class because they've got a day job. And they don't necessarily want to walk away from that. Uh, So we, I I don't, I wouldn't say we necessarily target that, but they find us. uh, And that's exciting. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, that uh, the fact that we, uh, we, we, we draw from so many people outside the industry uh, and, and they, but they see the model. The model's pretty straightforward. Uh, It's rent in, rent out. And, you know, what we're doing is we're just continuing the liberation of the salon professional to really be the entrepreneur they were always hoping to be and be in control of their, of their destiny. And that's the best part about it. That's the exciting part about being in the job. It's not just another, you know, widget or another business or another restaurant. You know, every time we open a location, we're creating 30 entrepreneurs. And that's, that to me, at the end of the day, if you ask anybody, that's the most uh, inspiring
0: thing about uh, who we are and what we do. Now, Brian, you've been in the business a long time. You've been in franchising a long time on the franchisor side. What piece of advice would you give to you know, new and emerging brands, uh, irrespective of the, the sector that they're in, you know, to think about as they're growing their franchise systems? Well, I, I think at the end of the day,
1: a lot of franchise systems, and I've seen this happen, you know, they, they open one location like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to franchise. Right? It's like it, the, sometimes the hardest growth is going from one to two right? Because you're trying to prove that the model that the business model that you have can travel. So, you know, I, I would suggest, you know, having a couple data points and a couple sites to prove that, that your location can work in different settings. Cause I mean, even in Phoenix, we, like I said earlier, we can go on the second floor, we can go first floor, we can go, you know, we, we, we can be in the back of a, of a, a center. If we didn't know and experiment with that, we might be, um, fighting over that corner of Maine and maine and paying very very high uh, real estate prices but the fact that we were able to, to you know we were able to experiment with that on the front end it really helped us uh, with our story right and and then that attracts more people because they, if you have that kind of variety in terms of looking at what your real estate options are you now can uh, if you're Pitching the franchise community, you can say, look, we have a diverse product. We have a product that can go in a lot of different areas, which means you have the ability to, uh, to be competitive with the landlord and try to negotiate for better terms. So, I, you know, I always try to people, you know, try to tell people, look, don't try to grow so fast that you don't have your systems in place, um, have a, a handful of locations that are open. Um, and then, you know, when you when you're looking to franchise, I mean, there's plenty of groups that are out there that can help you sell franchises uh, so you don't have to staff up. The whole, you know, with a bunch of people to do that, you can you can work with the, the franchise broker community to help your help you grow your your brand. But really, making sure you take care of of who you are, you're You get your operations manual in place, uh, so you know that because you, you, that's what franchisees are coming to you for. They want the playbook, and if you don't have that in you know, it figured out and the questions, at least most of the questions asked and answered, you're just, you're going to struggle. And then, and then you'll lose, you'll lose confidence with the franchise base. Uh, and then, it, you know, all that excitement will, will be for naught. So, so, you know, crawl, walk, run the best of dice And that's what we're doing internationally. I mean, we're not going to, I can, we can, we're getting interest from all over the world, Japan, Mexico, uh, Mexico, uh, Spain, um germany uh italy france um it's just it's exciting uh but we can't do all that in one year so you know we crawl up run we've we've got an infrastructure in place to support it um and and then you can't do that and not continue to support your your domestic base so you got to look in you know you're looking in your mirror but you're looking looking forward as as far as you can
0: you can but make sure you got the house in order before you you grow too fast To learn more about the Phoenix Salon Suites model, you can go to PhoenixSalonsuites.com. That's Phoenix, P-H-E-N-I-X, Salon Suites. Thank you, Brian. This has been very, very uh, interesting to learn more about the model, learn about the semi-absentee component to it. And obviously, you have a a tremendous amount of experience that you bring um, in the franchise uh, world. So, thank you for coming on and sharing about uh, Phoenix Salon Suites. Really appreciate it. My
1: pleasure. Thanks, Josh, for your time. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps to get this show out to more and more people. Also, if you have any questions, have ideas for guests or topics, please email me, josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's josh at indie, I-N-D-Y, franchiselaw.com. And finally, please know that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be any kind of legal advice. If you're seeking legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Have a great one. Happy franchising.